In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that all the world should be taxed. And everyone listened because Caesar Augustus was kind of a big deal. History can sometimes seem a little bit dull. A list of facts, names, and dates, a sequence of events that you could put on a timeline, the kind of thing you learn in high school when you really, really have to, but then you promptly forget because what bearing does it have on your life whatsoever? History can seem that way, kind of dull and boring, like opening a phone book and reading a list of names and phone numbers. And so it often happens that when we are hearing about history, including a fellow like Caesar Augustus, The question is raised, so what? So what that Caesar Augustus issued a decree? So what that Caesar Augustus was a big deal? So what? What bearing does that have on my life today? St. Luke, who wrote the gospel lesson for us today, thought it was important that we know about Caesar Augustus issuing a decree. So maybe we should give Caesar Augustus his due. Here are some things that you should know about Caesar Augustus. He was widely regarded as one of the best, the greatest, of Roman emperors. He ushered in what was called the Pax Romana, a period of about 200 years where the Roman Empire was characterized by peace, freedom from any major conflicts. There were some skirmishes, some rebellions here and there, but no major wars, no major conflicts, and there was economic growth and prosperity. It was a glorious time, those 200 years following the reign of Caesar Augustus. He's the one who started it all. He's the one who's credited with it. In fact, there was a temple in Rome dedicated to the god Janus. Janus, J-A-N-U-S, Janus, a two-faced god. And that temple had doors on it that would remain open any time there was a war going on, any time the Romans were at war. And those doors had been open for 600 years. One time, in the course of 600 years, they got closed about 250 years before Caesar Augustus. But the previous 600 years before Caesar Augustus were characterized by war. Those doors were open in that temple because there was war going on. But when Caesar Augustus took the throne, he closed the doors because it was a time of peace. He closed the doors because he was a good ruler who knew how to wage peace, how to lead his people. 200 years, it's kind of like, imagine George Washington, one of the fathers of our country. If he had started something in America that lasted 200 or longer, more years than that, 200 years or longer, and it was free from war, a time that was free from war. So imagine George Washington, and then go forward in history, and no civil war, no World War I, no World War II, no Korea, no Vietnam. It's kind of unimaginable, that kind of peace. That's what Caesar Augustus accomplished. He governed all of the Roman Empire, four million people when he started, and he was careful to keep track. He liked censuses, keeping track of how many people he was governing, four million, and then close to five million by the time he was done. It was an empire that spanned the entire Mediterranean. So think of all the countries that you know around the Mediterranean, Germany and Italy and Spain and North Africa and Egypt and Judea, the land that Israel is in right now. All of those places were under Roman rule. He was a great man. He had accomplished great things, and everyone acknowledged him to be great. In fact, here was the mark of his greatness that stuck. His adopted father, Julius Caesar, was called by the Roman Senate a god. They thought that he was divine. And so Caesar Augustus took the title Son of God. 
And everyone agreed. Here's a guy who is not just like a god, he must be God himself. Caesar Augustus was kind of a big deal. And everyone knew it, everyone acknowledged it, but still, you might ask yourselves today, so what? So what? After all, you know this. Caesar Augustus, thought to be a god or a son of a god, what happened to him in the course of his life? Well, he reigned and he ruled and he did some great things, but then something perplexing happened. He died. Caesar Augustus died, and then the Roman Empire, although it had 200 years of glory, it declined, and it fell. And what is left of it today? So what that Caesar Augustus was a great man? So what that he was a big deal? What is left of it today? What is there to show for it? Nothing whatsoever. So why does Luke bother to tell us? about Caesar Augustus. Is he just a fan of history? I think Luke was a fan of history, but he tells us about Caesar Augustus for a more important reason. Caesar Augustus issued a decree that all the world should be registered. And among the millions of people that were going to be taxed, that had to return to their hometowns in order to be numbered, among the millions of people, there were two of them, and a third on the way, who seemed to be of no account whatsoever. Caesar Augustus, kind of a big deal, can issue a decree and he can move a nation. Millions of people returning to their hometowns. Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, they were less than nobody in comparison. Just sort of blown about by the whims of Caesar Augustus. He wanted to know how many people there were. He wanted to make sure he was getting all of his revenue. And so he told them to go home. He told them to show up and register. Kind of like when you get a a letter in the mail telling you that it's time to renew your driver's license and you better go to the DMV and you have to wait in line. It's a massive inconvenience and you have to bring all of the right ID. Imagine what happens if you don't bring the right ID. You've got to go home and fetch the right ID. This is what it was like for Mary and Joseph, just massively inconvenienced by what that great man, Caesar Augustus, was doing. But there, because of that massive inconvenience, because they obeyed what Caesar said, Mary and Joseph went to the town of Bethlehem because they were of the house and lineage of David. And there Mary gave birth to her son. Who knows how common that story was with millions of people moving about. I'm sure that she was not the only mother who gave birth when she was away from home. Doubtless there were others. But this, this is where Luke pulls back the curtain and answers the question, so what? Why does any of this matter? A great man, people who are of no account whatsoever, why does any of this matter? He tells us that there were some shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Ordinary shepherds doing ordinary things. And to those shepherds in the middle of Judea, in a nowhere land, an angel appeared. And then a whole company of the heavenly host, angelic soldiers, singing God's praises and glorifying him and delivering good news. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Good news is what they brought. That's the technical term for a victory proclamation. When a king returned home after waging war, he would bring good news. He'd bring a gospel. I've won the battle. And here the angels are proclaiming a gospel to the shepherds. Better news than anything that has ever been heard about Caesar. A Savior had been born. Such angelic hosts 
didn't appear concerning any of the other babies that were born at the time, and they didn't appear when, Her- when Caesar Augustus did any of his great deeds. He had his own trumpeters, he had his own heralds, he had his, his own troops. But here, in this moment, because of what is happening in that stable in Bethlehem to Mary and Joseph and the little baby Jesus, all of heaven shows up, a heavenly host, trumpeting and declaring this glorious news. Peace on earth and goodwill to men. Here in Bethlehem, where Mary and Joseph seemed to be blown about by the winds of history, Mary laid Jesus in a manger, and the shepherds came to see their newborn king, the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And they saw him wrapped in swaddling clothes, just as the angel said, and they returned, rejoicing and praising God and telling everyone what they had seen and heard. Caesar Augustus was a big deal, but he's a big deal not for his own sake. You can write off all of his accomplishments we could do without them. He's a big deal because, quite unawares, he was a servant of God. He thought that he was ruling the Roman Empire. He thought that he was directing the course of that nation, when in fact it was God who was ruling all of creation. He thought that he was working victory, for Rome by his military might, when in fact it was God who all along the way was working forgiveness and salvation for the whole world, for you and for me. Of all of the things that Caesar Augustus accomplished, here is the one thing that matters most. During his reign, good news was preached to the poor. And that is the story of all history. All of history flows together to this one point. All of time is filled up in this one moment. St. Paul tells us that it was in the fullness of time that Jesus was born. And you can picture it. It's like history was jam-packed full of God's preparations from all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, which you heard today when he cursed the serpent and said, there's going to come a, a child, an offspring of Eve, who will crush the serpent's head. All the way since then, God has been filling up history to this moment. When it finally bursts through and everything changes. All of the empires and citizens, the rulers and the armies and the wars, all of the peace and the prosperity, all of the growth and decay, all of the misery and happiness of the world, all of this throughout the entire course of history was bent by God towards this one singular purpose. The salvation of mankind from sin and death. That is the one thing that matters. Our God is a God of history. He's the one who makes great men and big deals. He's the one who raises them up and brings them low and returns them to the dust. He laughs when men like Caesar Augustus think that they're a son of God. He laughs, and they don't get the joke, but God keeps on laughing anyways, and he keeps on telling his story. Our God, the author of creation, and that is why history matters. In fact, it's why anything matters. It all is sourced from our God who loves us. Who loves us in this way that he gave his only son to die for us. Who loves us that he does not want us to perish but to live eternally. That is why anything matters. It is because our God is the source of it all and he has set it his goal to save us. He has made it his singular purpose to bring you to eternal life. If you wrote a history of the world from beginning to end, and if you wrote down every event that happened, if 
If you chronicled every moment, all the details, all the facts, all of the boring names and dates, if you did all of that, you would have to talk about this moment right now, this evening. Who knows what you might say about it. On December 24th, 2023, at 7 p.m. in the little town of Fairhaven, a group of folks gathered in a church, and they sang some songs, and they listened to the kids do a beautiful job of reciting the gospel and singing God's praises. And they were all generally pretty cheery, and they couldn't wait to go home and open their presents. And then that was the end of that day, when we move on to the next day. You might describe it like that. And it might be the kind of thing that you would just chalk up as another moment in a long series of moments in history. You might do that. And to somebody reading who's uninterested, they would say, So what? Who cares about these people in Fairhaven? Who cares about what they did on Sunday, December 23rd, 2023? But if you have ears to hear it, Believe me when I say that what is happening here right now is of far greater significance than anything Caesar Augustus ever accomplished. God has worked it out so that you are here today. It is not chance. It isn't fortune. It isn't just coincidence that you are here today. It is because our God is a God of history and he moves things so that he can save people. You are here today so that you can hear the gospel. Our God has worked it out the entire course of your life so that you can be here now hearing God's word. He worked it out so that the Savior who was born in Bethlehem so long ago, who lived and died for you and rose again, could be present here today with you by means of this good news. When you hear the good news that Christ is born for you, when you hear the good news that your sins are forgiven for Christ's sake, that is Jesus working in your hearts. It is his spirit enlivening and moving you to trust in him. This day, this moment matters more than any other because it is another day in which you get to hear the grace of God. God brought you here. He arranged for his word to be proclaimed. He arranged for you to have ears open to hear it. Praise God that our God has loved you in this way. There is no better place to be That among God's people, listening to God's words, singing his praises, glorifying him with the angels, and rejoicing with the shepherds to share the good news with anyone who will hear, our Savior has been born, Christ the Lord, the forgiveness of sins and life and salvation are yours. Merry Christmas. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen.